Flowers mean funerals. Flowers mean death. On Valentine's Day, you'll take your last breath. You're dead! <laughs> That's not a poem! I know, <laughs> but it's my favorite message from uh, killer to girl. That's true. Blake, okay. um, let's... I'll let's, just do a cold read here. Let's see, what do we, what do we got? Maybe we'll let you read the very first one. Violet. Right there where it starts with violets are blue. Okay. What what voice am I supposed to do? Just do a scary voice. Just do your normal stalker boy voice. Just, okay. So just yeah. stick with what you how you sound. Violets are bl- no, I don't like that. Violets are blue. Roses are red. On Valentine's Day, Josie will be dead. <laughs> that doesn't that that doesn't scan perfectly. It does not flow well. Hey, no, it's no. better than I could do if I were trying to write poems, threatening murder poems to a girl or a person. So, okay, so we know. The, I don't even know who Josie is, so that means nothing. Well, to me. love, love, let me tell you about a bee. <laughs> like the, <laughs> this lady, this lady sucks. Like, yeah. th- there's a reason. There's a lot of suspects of who would want her dead. It's because <laughs> literally everyone does or should yeah. want her dead. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Josh. And Josh, what do we do on this podcast? We talk about ways that one old man has thought about killing young girls again and again. His favorite (laughs) fantasy, R.L. Stein, just likes thinking ways to get away with murdering girls. And which murdering girl book by R.L. Stein did we read tonight? This is, once again, a super chiller uh from fear street and this one's called broken hearts that's right did we ever figure out what a super chiller is it's just uh, more it's just bonus content dude it's just uh, longer longer yeah. well I, I thought we established that a super chiller means people can actually die uh i thought fear street meant they could die oh uh, maybe it's fear street people die in goosebumps we've already talked about people this. don't die in goosebumps i thought that's that was one of his rules yeah all, like because like at the end that eats of things like eats some parents but doesn't like vomit a back them back up later i've never read it did, i don't know what i'm talking where about did, where did spidey go spidey didn't die he went inside the camera it's magic it's yeah. not death i thought he had oh wait no and they you also can't kill what's already attack. dead wasn't he undead uh, if they die of unrelated causes then it, it's it doesn't count okay anyway okay he's, well, anyway. he's he's living inside the picture in the camera like wanda lives in wandavision Absolutely. That's a perfect. You nailed it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Broken Hearts by R.L. Stein. Valentine's Day can be a killer. That's the tagline. Ooh. Yeah. Well, we're going back to 1993, back when Bill Clinton was president. Mm-hmm. Uh, gas prices were like a dollar a gallon. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm trying to think of the great films that uh, came out that year. Nirvana. In Utero, In utero was, was, was topping the charts. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and a little girl named Jessica was getting really excited about seeing the crow. 
That was a 94. Sorry. Right? Well, yeah, you could have been advanced reading like Fangoria or whatever, getting very excited for the crow. <laughs> so stoked. <laughs> no, uh, I will tell you, though, I do have a very strong memory of reading this actual book really? uh, when I was a kid. And it was my sister was in she played volleyball in high school and I was in like probably fifth grade. This might have even been junior high for her. I can't remember. But she had like these all day tournaments. And my mom went to Walmart the night before and bought me like two or three paperbacks. And this was one of them. And I took it with me to the uh, high school volleyball Missouri tournament. Wait, you read this shit before? When I was like, and you're like, this is what I want to revisit. <laughs> well, I didn't remember a thing about it. I read it when I was eleven. Okay, uh, but it was. Uh, I just remember laying like on the bleacher, like on the bleacher, just devouring this book, and I read it very quickly. You should have gone under the bleacher. That's where the cool kids are. Yeah. There was no other kids there. I was like the only kid there because my mom made me go. Did you look under the bleachers? Uh, yeah, you didn't look. I heard they smoke <laughs> pot there. Very, very You're like, cool. I, I can't go down there. There's uh, there's smoke rising up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was pretty nerdy when I was 11, so probably it would have been something 11-year-old Jessica would have thought. There's but a just steam two leak. years later, that same girl would be sneaking cigarettes to junior high oh, in a teen not. spirit deodorant case. <laughs> not good I, I will say for this book it is a page turner like I, I, this one went pretty quick okay I really did in fact that leads me to our newest segment and this new segment is oh, called yes. did Josh read this book aka Josh's punishment for last time <laughs> uh, at, give me a quiz so, question we'll see if I can answer it alright alright here we go question there are two who is Muggy's favorite oh uh, Josie Okay. Oh, good job. Good job. And this is something that takes place towards the end of the book. So let's see what you did here. <laughs> did you make it all the way? That's that's the big question. What all the way. article of clothing borrowed from a corpulent father saved someone's life? Uh-oh, he's frozen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, a watch? Uh, what? <laughs> no, an article of clothing that no. someone was wearing. It ended uh, up saving their life. Tucker Carlson looking bow tie. Oh my god, did you not finish the book? Oh no. No, I did. I Someone had a fat dad and they borrowed something of theirs and wore it to a certain party and when they were stabbed I'm gonna say cardigan. <laughs> it's not a cardigan. Aw, oh, damn it. It's winter, it's February, it's cold. Well, yeah, it's cardigan weather. It's really, really cold because it's February. His sympathy, his like sympathy belly. You know, the, in R.L. Stein books, traditionally, there's a lot of stabbings where they, uh -huh. the, they, someone is wearing something so you can't stab them. This happened in one of those uh, where the girls were having a Halloween party. There was like three of them. There were a ton of sequels. Are you talking about Halloween night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One and two that we read with with guest Stephen King. That's yeah. right. The uh, best-selling author, Stephen King. Or right. the guy I work with named Stephen. Stephen with a V. <laughs> okay, go on. No, like that's We're just a constant. Uh, Stein loves to come back to someone who was wearing something, so they couldn't stab through it. Fanny pack. Yeah. Well, this person was still stabbed, but this article of clothing yeah, was well, bigger I, and bulkier than expected and protected them. A, a wallet? I don't know. A, 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 a belt. Well, I guess they could be bulky. 
It was it was a coat, Josh. Do you not remember oh, this at all? I don't vaguely. Think you read the book. I read this during our. I read the last part during Art Walk last night, and I didn't take notes on the ending, and people were annoying me. How busy are Art Walks during a pandemic? Not very, but you get a lot of groups in that are loud of teens. Uh, trying to see yeah. where my notes stopped. Well, Did- so far, Josh is fifty fifty on this. Uh- <laughs> I'll take that as an F. Only, <laughs> can't believe you only came. You only had two questions. What am I gonna do? Quiz him? Like I had to yeah, do one from here, like the big. Here, what I should have done is cheated off Josie's test, but then I could have gotten kicked off the wrestling team. See, I read it. And then your life would have been ruined forever after that. After you how was how was one team. test fifty percent of your grade? That that is bullshit. In a math test at that, that is total. I mean, it's, BS. It, then he just failed the class. You know what I mean? Like, because he because he was cheating. I don't know. It was stupid. It was stupid. That teacher's stupid. I hate math. Anyway, um, math is hard. <laughs> let's go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does anyone have a theme drink before we dive into this at all? I had cookies, but I ate them. Oh man. Mine's the same as it's been like the last three episodes. Me too. Jim Beam Whiskey and Coke. Mine is 100 proof Evan Williams mixed with some Diet Coke. It's pretty exciting. Uh, I thought about going out and trying to find, I thought about drinking red wine actually, but as I've gotten older, like that just gives me a fucking headache. So uh, I thought about going out and find like love, like some kind of lovey beer or stabby beer, but some, too something lazy. called love stabby potion beer. number nine, something like that. Some kind of micro brew. Once again, in this book, by the way, Arl Stein's teens do not drink. They do not like Mm-mm. there's nothing like that. Also, I will say that it's disappointing in this book because I don't remember any outfits being mentioned. Mm. Do you, Josh? Uh, no, uh, the, no, there's not there's... really. Well, yeah, no, he talks about at the very, very beginning when they're out horse girling. <laughs> he describes some outfits, doesn't he? I don't remember. Nothing stood out though, and and no, nothing I guess not. I guess he's about... just describing the girls. He's not. Yeah, describing... I think he describes like one of them has short hair, one of them has long red hair, and then there's the little sister who's scared of everything. Uh, there's a, apparently a pretty prominent coat on a fat dad, according to what you just. Yeah, said. but that's not a fit. Eh, it sounds like a fit. Uh, he a says fit. that someone likes to wear a t- uh, jeans and t-shirts. That's Josie. Uh huh. <laughs> Josie does. But it's, I don't know, there's just no fits. There's also, I don't think there's any mention of anything pop culturally. Here's, like, you, no, well, here's all the he says about Rachel. She liked to dress in the trendiest styles. That's a good cop-out for RL, who does not know what the trendy styles are. <laughs> so, well, so. It could go, it's, it's timeless. It could be read in any, any decade. That's yeah. true. He's trying to leave it... Um, Leave it, leave it timeless exactly. is there not even Aerosmith in this no there's no pop culture like none of these kids in my opinion have personalities um, they are all indistinguishable from everyone else except for Josie is a bitch you uh, know the, the girls sister. kind of do the, I guess they the do boys the boys do not. are just all yeah I mean no, one has don't. a personality of a cheater uh, he he cheats <laughs> and he, he cheats. he's a meathead mm-hmm. because he's a, on the wrestling team mm-hmm uh, one breaks a window at school, so I guess he's a psychopath bad boy. Uh, is is that the one that just drives around all the time? He doesn't remember. Like he like blacks out essentially. He was like, I was just driving and I had no idea where I was going. Nope, 
this was the ex who they run into at the card shop. I guess oh, we should start talking. Is that Jankman? Yeah. No, everyone. Josie drives men to madness. Is basically. <laughs> basically, it's her own fault that she was murdered. Well, I'll, I'll say she drives everyone to madness, actually. <laughs> well, I guess we should uh, just go ahead and dive in. Uh, Josh already talked about the girl's horse, horse girling, which is true. This up. Is this our first horse girling? Hold on, I'm trying to see. No, we read Pony Pals number 12 at one point. Uh, (laughs) I don't remember that. I must have been really drunk for that up. I did ask a real-life horse girl if she'd come on our podcast, and she said that she loved Saddle Club books, so. Get ready for (laughs) some Saddle Clubs. Some Saddle Clubs. Um, The girls are out. Horse, uh, going horseback riding. Um, it's Erica, Josie, Rachel, and Melissa. Josie and Rachel are twins. Erica is a little sister, and Melissa is their neighbor on Fear Street slash best friend of the twins. Um, when they get there, Erica, the sister, the younger sister, has a feeling of dread. Tells and everyone we, that her we don't get, is upset. We, we don't get ages at the beginning, right? Or do we? Uh, well, we know... They're at least old enough to drive because Melissa's driving. And I think Erica talks about how she's going to be starting high school. Right. Yeah. Like at the the book kind of jumps in time. But yeah. It, so she's a freshman at the beginning and the other ones mm-hmm. are what? Juniors, did you say? Probably. Yeah. It's possible they're going to be juniors if they're 16. Yeah. Or even sophomores. But I would say juniors. But yeah. So... The girls who had been there before without Erica think that the boy who works at the stables is hot. His name is Chuck. And the last time they had come, they had pretended that they were experts at horseback riding to impress him. And so when he sees them, he's like, hey, I'm really busy. Can you guys put your saddles on yourself? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're experts. And so... The girls put the saddles on the horses themselves and go out riding, and Erica stays behind. Because she says that she doesn't get the point of rides, which I say, I hear you, sister. Erica? Yeah, I'll I'll wait down here uh, while you ride the roller coaster. I'll I'll be (laughs) in the saloon show. Wait, was Josh one of those kids? Yeah, fuck roller coasters. I don't like them either, Josh. I don't like them either. And let me tell you why. I read a book called The Fun House by Diane Ho, and it starts out with this guy like doing something to the roller coaster tracks. And so these kids who are on the roller coaster just go flying off the tracks immediately, and they all die because their little little carts just go flying off the tracks. And I'm like, I'm never getting on a fucking roller coaster. Blake is tell you about Blake it. is leaning in about to tell us how he's a cool guy who rides the coasters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. I've ridden a little ride called Fire in the Hole. Oh, uh, no, I, I fuck with scared. Fire in the Hole. Uh, a person or two might have gotten decapitated on that one, but I, I rode it anyway. Well, I rode that too, but I didn't know it was a freaking roller coaster. Okay, so that's not exactly drop. what happened with Fire oh, in the Hole. Okay. We're not going to relitigate this again. Well, no, it, it, it wasn't that someone stood up on the ride and got their head uh, chopped off. What happened is... They were, they were doing construction, and someone put them onto the construction track. Oh, and then Jesus. they went that way, and oh, uh, they got decapitated. This so story, there was a real very, decapitation. Very tasteful with me going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a real-life hereditary up in Silver Dollar City. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's open again, so. 
But no, I'm I'm the kid that wanted to go on It's a Small World and go to the Hall of Presidents because Space Mountain was too scary. Yeah. I, I was always the kid who liked the rides that make you dizzy at carnivals or or Six Flags or whatever. Anything that you spin around and round and round yeah, and I'm fine with that. I used to. I can't anymore. I'm sick mm-hmm. to my stomach. Love I, I went to the Ozark Empire Fair probably five or six years ago and got on one of those things. That shit was so poorly constructed. <laughs> like, oh, I, yeah. I, like I was on the ride for a second and I had like – or like what, two minutes? And like my hips were bruised from like the way it like shot me around in that cage. Yeah. What ride was it? It's just like a, like a Tilt-A-Whirl. Oh, a Tilt-A-Whirl? Yeah. I think it was a I had Tilt-A-Whirl. A friend one- yeah, I had a friend once who was like a big baddie like Blake over here, yeah, bragging badass. about the uh, the roller coasters and I've been on one how badass he is. And once we got on a Tilt-A-Whirl together, and all of a sudden I saw him doing like the hand over mouth like vomiting thing. And I was like, oh my god, he's going to fucking puke. And he did all over the Tilt-A-Whirl. Luckily he was in a different like little spinny thing than me. I was in a different one with a different friend. And I remember giving him so much hell. Like Mr. Roller Coaster Baddie can't keep it in on the Tilt-A-Whirl. So... Blake's going to be like, yeah, look, I had three corn dogs and I went on the zipper. No big deal. Yeah. No, this is similar. It may have been with you um, one of the last times or maybe it was the last time we went to the Ozarks Empire Fair. I was like, we're going to eat all the nasty fried shit Um, (laughs) like and it's going to be epic. That's what happened. We did that and then went on rides and no, we didn't ride any rides whenever we well, were there together last time. Okay, there, the time before that then, I ate all the bad shit and then went on the rides, and it made me feel so awful, I no longer have desire to do those kind of rides. So, do it after, folks. Eat, eat your nasty shit after the rides. <laughs> I don't remember him eating anything. I think he was just uh, a liar. I was sick to wing. my stomach from eating fried Oreos. Well, I we got sick to-, to my stomach the last time I went because Collective Soul didn't play all of the hits that I demanded. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. What uh, did they play? Shine. They played it twice. <laughs> okay, so they oh played Shine twice. Good grief. Did they play? Uh, That's it. December. Uh- yeah, they played anything you're gonna name. <laughs> anything you remember. Did they, they played play. the world I know. The uh, actually, I don't know if they did. Hmm. Okay. All right. Bastards. Play the world I know, or get the f off the stage. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So. Uh, the other thing I remember Rick- about that show is a guy oh. walked by and he had a giant swastika tattoo on his neck. So. Oh my god. <laughs> just. just- cool. Nazis there to see collective soul. Collective soul. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's that's a fair baby. Yeah, that's the Ozarks Empire Fair. Um, okay, so the girls saddle their own horses, and Rachel decides, "Hey, guess what? I'm not going to wear my helmet. Ooh. I don't like them. I don't like helmets. They're stupid." Um, Rachel's horse, though, is uncontrollable. Keeps going faster and faster, and a dog suddenly appears on their trail, causing the horse to rear up and Josie to fly off the horse and land directly on her head. Flash forward to February. <laughs> We get an update on the girls. Uh, Melissa, who, you know, saw the accident, keeps having reoccurring nightmares. Um, And she visits Rachel occasionally, but doesn't know if Rachel knows who she is. And she's no longer friends with Josie because Josie blames her for the accident. Josie has a new boyfriend, Steve Barron. Um, I left a big note that when they were making out, I wrote, she doesn't close her eyes when kissing you. (laughs) What? 
<laughs> just a note I wrote, and it's because she liked to watch him no, while she kissed him. That's not normal. Um, she is a just goes through guys. You know, she's been dating Steve though for five months, and somehow not bored of him. But she's a real heartbreaker. This Josie, and in case you didn't kind of get it, Rachel has uh brain damage from her incident on the horse, and is now um as they describe her throughout the book uh childlike oh no and uh this this character just handled with the most sensitivity and uh this is like uh my sweet audrina i know i thought that as i was reading this i was like damn it at least no one says the r word but they do call her childlike and pity her for never being able to have a normal life should have worn a helmet though well you know yeah wear a freaking helmet dummy anyway uh josie um, gets a card in the mail, and it's a Valentine. But instead of a normal greeting message, that has been crossed out, and a poem was <laughs> scribbled in its place. And it's the poem that Blake read. It says die. Basically, um, Josie thinks it's from her ex Jerry Jankman, who keeps calling her and pestering her at school. And Steve suggests that she ignore it, and that it's probably a joke. And that's when Josie feels hands around her throat, but it's just her uh, childlike sister, twin sister Rachel. Who got away from Luke and Erica, who are watching her. Luke is Rachel's boyfriend, and he still comes around and visits Rachel, even though Rachel doesn't recognize him or really acknowledge him, and they're obviously not dating because she is childlike. And she just um, all she wants is her hair brushed all the time. She has long red hair, and she just wants someone to brush it. But they constantly. never broke up. See, well, no, this is what... they look. They didn't break up, but Rachel cracked up. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I think technically they're still together. Okay, well. Gotcha. <laughs> Continue. So anyway, uh, Josie leaves to go to the mall with Steve, even though she promised Erica that she would watch Rachel. By uh, the way, Steve's name is Steve Barron. It is. Which yes. I kept reading as Steve Bannon. And so <laughs> yeah. I pictured him as a young, bloated like just how Steve Bannon's face, like from all the whiskey, is just like kind of bloated and red. Yeah, kind of like got the gin blossoms all over. Like yeah, I was, the, I was yeah. The I was old, thinking Baron, like Baron Trump. Right. Yeah. I mean the the perfect specimen. If you could if you could somehow yeah. take the DNA of uh, Steve Bannon and Baron Trump, you would have a tall <laughs> alcoholic. A, a very tall. You yeah. would have a perfect human. Beautiful boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My beautiful, <laughs> my beautiful tall son, Steve Barron. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, Erica is once again stuck with Rachel and she complains that she has no life because she is always left to watch Rachel. And Rachel is obsessed with male and they kind of muse that maybe it's because she doesn't get mail anymore. <laughs> um, how much mail? What, how much mail was this motherfucker getting before? You know what I mean? Like kids don't get mail. I the only mail I got were like teen magazines my mom subscribed to for me. And yeah. when I was like in junior high and high school, I had a subscription to like music magazines like Rolling Stone and Spin. I got Nintendo Power. I got Sega <laughs> Visions. I got. Some oh, other I would also uh, subscribe to Columbia House and BMG and uh, CDHQ um, about once a year and get my free CDs and never pay them. So I'd get bills all the time threatening me that I need to pay them my yeah. $40 or But whatever. you're like, I am, I am 15. 
<laughs> My mom was like, Jessica, don't worry. They don't have your social security number. They can't do anything to you. So thanks, mom. I never paid for all of those uh, REM CDs I for ordered from soul. BMG. <laughs> or my collective soul. I probably did order. Collective soul was one of the first soul. BMG when I got tapes. That was oh one of my God. first six. Really? Yep. I think mine was REM's Monster was one of them that I clearly remember. Mine was Green Day's Dookie. Clearly, I win this contest. That still slaps. No, I got. Okay, here's what I got. I win. Ariam's monster has uh, strange currencies on it, so y'all can fuck off. I got Blues Traveler 4. I got the Animaniacs soundtrack. I got Sheryl Crow Tuesday Night Music Club. I got... Uh, Banger. uh, What was the first thing I said? Oh, Collective Soul. Collective Soul. I got Better Uh, Than Ezra. Ooh, Deluxe with good on it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got one other thing. It would have been six... Oh, <laughs> Jeff Foxworth, you, you might be a redneck if. No! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so proud you can still remember all of your... Well, I didn't have that many tapes. Like, I never, like... Oh, okay. Uh, I, I also think I ordered from them because I had a, the Batman Forever soundtrack. Mm, mm. I think I got the Crow soundtrack through, like, a, a BMG thing on cassette, too. Uh, probably Ace of Bass. I'm trying to remember... Yeah, because I moved. I, I moved to CDs right after all of that. So, well, those... see, I didn't have a. I wasn't allowed a CD player until eighth grade because my mom was like, "You're too young and you'll break it." And so I had this really shitty. It. Oh, I still broke AM, mine. Yeah, I had this really shitty AM/FM alarm clock cassette player that I listened to all my cassettes on. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely remember having REM Monster and The Crow and Ace of Base on cassette. I couldn't tell you anything else, but I know I definitely did. Uh, it again whenever I got CDs, but I can't remember what I had ordered. Probably Cheryl Crow's Tuesday Night Music Club was part of that somewhere, too. Um, anyway, but I guess Rachel used to get a lot of mail. Um, she probably anyway, had Erica a bunch of subscriptions to horse bound- magazines. And the, they were like, Maybe. hide those from her. She probably had like a Delia's catalog that would come. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So uh, Erica finds the threatening Valentine and reads it out loud, and Rachel laughs. <laughs> and Luke is angry when Josie leaves, and he blames her for Rachel's accident since Josie was the one who fastened Rachel's saddle. And then Erica wonders why Luke still comes around and suspects that he wants revenge on Josie and that he's the one who sent her the Valentine. So um, at school the next day, Josie again ditches watching Rachel and goes to hang out with Steve at the corner, even though Erica has tryouts for Brigadoon. Um, the girls <laughs> argue. <laughs> Brigadoon. Oh, one, girls... thing I, one thing I want to say uh, oh, sorry. is that so Josie shows Steve the, the Valentine or he sees it and because mm-hmm. she's worried, like, because someone just sent her a thing threatening to kill her. And I liked his defense is it's too dumb. <laughs> it's, like it can't be real because it's too dumb, which I agree with. Good. good it call. was pretty dumb. Yeah. yeah. It's very dumb. And yeah, he says, you know, just ignore it. It's a joke. Um, but then there's suddenly a loud thud and Josie crumples to the ground. And that's when we learned that Dave Kinley hit Josie with a snowball and she was so stunned that she fell. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was a Josie classic R.L. Uh, Stein cliffhanger between yes. pages, too. Yeah, tons of those. Um, Dave, by the way, is Josie's ex-boyfriend who is currently dating her former best friend and still neighbor, Melissa. So, anyway. 
There are exactly, what, four boys in this town? (laughs) Yeah, there are four boys, and they've all dated Josie, and they all hate her. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, Melissa asks Dave why he threw a snowball at Josie, and he says it's because he hates her, even though Melissa secretly thinks that he still has a crush on her. Dave says that he was the one who dumped Josie, and he claims that he's the first boy who did that, and then he remarks that Josie also dumped Melissa. Um, I I liked his response when she said... Why did you throw that snowball at her? And she said, or he says, because she was there. And then he says, I hate her is all. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I mean, good reason, Uh, honestly. But yeah, it's such obvious, like, flirting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like like my mom said, when boys are mean to you, it's because they like you. Jessica, when boys are mean to you in high school and they call you dyke, it's because yeah. they like you. This is elementary school stuff, though. <laughs> they, we're talking about high schoolers here? Yeah. These are high schoolers. That doesn't, that doesn't track. And by the way, they can all drive, so they're I mean, like but older th- high schoolers. This is his ex. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's different. Yes. So it clearly yes. is, I want her attention. Yes. Um, so, uh, the two gossip about Josie and how cruel she is to Rachel and Melissa can't forgive Josie because she blames her for Erica's accident. Although all Melissa did was check the saddle. Listen, we should really put the blame where it is. And that's with Rachel for not wearing her damn helmet, but whatever. Um, yeah, but she looked cool flying off that thing, I bet, <laughs> with her fiery red, her hair, red hair flowing in the air. Flying yeah. out behind her. Yeah. Um, Dave then suggests forming an anti-Josie club with Luke. Uh, the against Josie club. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he accuses Josie of costing him a job at one of her father's hardware stores when he really needed that money. Then they both watch as, uh, let me find, Jerry Jankman, who is another ex of uh, Josie's. Watch as he throws a snowball, which breaks the second story window of the high school. And Melissa says Jankman is scary and he should be another candidate that is considered for the anti-Josie club. Back at the McLean's, Josie comes home from hanging out with Steve and is freaked out by the intercom uh, that was installed for Rachel. There's an intercom system that they installed all throughout their home so Rachel could call from anywhere in the house if she needs somebody. And it will just crackle on, like constantly through the book. It will just crackle on. Can she talk normally? Yeah. Mostly what she does is laugh inappropriately. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what's she going to do with she'll, an intercom? She'll laugh she... inappropriately, and then she'll say things like, come brush my hair. Brush my hair, brush my hair, brush my hair. Brush my hair, brush my hair. Or I can go outside by myself. I'm a smart girl. Stuff like that. Yeah, I'm a pretty girl, etc. cetera. Uh, just kind of basic sentences. Um, Luke is also at the house, and he confronts Josie about hurting Erica, and the two have a heated argument, and that's when he picks up a letter opener and almost attacks her with it but instead he stabs it deep into the desk um this was also a funny (laughs) cliffhanger because it ends with him like grabbing the letter opener like holding it up and like swing it and i thought he was going to dramatically open another valentine (laughs) (laughs) because i was like this is an rl steinbook he's not gonna like stab her right now they're not sharp enough to go in a desk it would be better if it went into a letter well, no, he just jabs it deep into uh, the desk in the room where they're at. Um, and but but Josie did get another Valentine. Um, should I read what it says? Yes. This Valentine's Day, no memories to save. The only flowers for you will be on your grave. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So 
Later on that night, Rachel uses the intercom to wake up Josie and ask her to come to her room. When Josie goes to check on Rachel, she finds her asleep. And then she's not sure if she dreamt the call or if it really happened. So when she gets back to room and leads back down, Rachel calls again on the intercom. And again, Josie goes in to check on her and she is asleep. Erica missed tryouts again because Josie again skipped out on watching Rachel. And then while watching Rachel, she tells Erica that Josie doesn't like her and doesn't talk to her and that she, Rachel, has decided that she hates Josie and then just screams, I think, I hate Josie over and over. <laughs> Am I correct? I mean, yeah, she's not wrong to hate her, by the way, because she... No. They're supposed to take turns taking care of her. Everyone should hate her. Like I hate her. She's leaving. She's making Erica miss her big uh, tryout for Brigadoon just so she can go shopping. She does this or every day. She's like, corner. I'll take yes. care of her tomorrow. And she doesn't want to. And here's the other thing. We have not heard from the parents, I think, once so far. The dad book. is Typical always traveling. Style. For his failing hardware business, he is traveling constantly. Well, yeah. And then the he has mother. has a second family. Come on. Yeah, yeah. The mother is working long hours somewhere, but they have a, you know, a now special needs daughter at home and they're relying on their two teenage daughters to take care of her. But one of them does not help at all. And if I were Erica, I'd be fucking ratting her out. Like, yeah, there's no way that there's no way I would take it. But she she also gets pushed around because she's younger. Yeah, but she's also like, what if there was a real emergency? Like Erica can't drive. In fact, it should be Josie who was there with her more than Erica because Josie can drive, you know. Yeah, Josie but have could... you considered that Josie's cool and people actually want to hang out with her? Listen, I've just heard that Josie's easy because the only people that want to hang out with her are boys. That's true. Look, That's you I either want to be with her or you want to be right. in a club that plots her murder together. <laughs> she's either loved or hated. She's very divisive, it sounds like. Well, she doesn't have any girlfriends. She never talks about hanging out with her girlfriends. It's always with whatever boyfriend she has at the well, moment, that's, which well, is Steve she, Barron. She had friends, but she let one uh, go brain dead and then stop mm-hmm. talking to the other one. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then completely alienated her other sister because uh, she won't help out taking care of Rachel. Anyway, so... um. Then there is a phone call, and it is Jankman, and he wants to talk to Josie and asks Erica if Josie got his valentines. What? So, next day at school, hey, there I'm is checking. a math hey, test. Hey, can, can, can you put your sister on? I want to see if she got my death threats. <laughs> <laughs> did you get those? Hey, did you like those? <laughs> hey, hey j- just so you know, I am going to stab you to death with the letter opener soon. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> so the next day at school there is a math test and dave is super nervous and melissa's like it'll be okay you'll be fine um but during the test josie gets up and goes to her teacher and asks if she can move her seat and acts kind of like she doesn't really want to say the real reason why but then leans forward and says it's because dave is copying off of my test but i, I I don't think she says it loud enough for the class to hear. I think Melissa just hears it based upon where she's sitting, right? Yeah, yeah. So after class, the math teacher asks Dave to stay after. and Listen, Josie, who the hallway. fuck is it hurting? Let him cheat. It's math. A lot of people get the same answers in math because that's how math works. 
I noticed you all got four for this one. <laughs> uh, very suspicious. <laughs> what would be suspicious if everyone got the wrong answers? Anyway, so um, after class, after he t- talks to the math teacher, Dave does admit to Melissa that he was copying when she confronts him and says that the math teacher gave him a zero on the test. So now, because of that zero on his test, because it's worth so much of his grade, he will be kicked off the wrestling team and will lose his wrestling scholarship all because of Josie. Josie walks by him in the hall and he confronts her and he is like he grabs her. He yells at her. Uh, does he threaten her, Josh? I do not have notes on this chapter, so I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't look good because he's basically yelling at her in front of the the whole student body of I'm going to say Fear High School. That's what I'm calling it, even though that's probably not That'd the right name. name. Yeah, but but the other yeah. thing is, everyone at this school at one point, I assume, has shouted at her in front of in front of the entire school <laughs> and threatened to kill her. It's possible. Um, well, Josie is shaken by Dave's confrontation at school and creeped out by Rachel in the intercom and um, asks Steve to take her out to do something and they go ice skating. And that's when Josie confides in hey, Steve. Hey, what's the name that of that? She, what's the name of the lake that they go ice skating on? Well, that's later on. It's Fear Lake, but they actually go to an ice skating rink, I think. For oh, this. OK. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Fear Lake comes back. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh. Yeah. So uh, while they're at the ice skating rink, Josie confides in Steve and tells him that she feels depressed and guilty. She says, I feel so guilty about Rachel. Every time I see Rachel, I feel guilty. Every time I see that sweet smile, that childish expression. (laughs) Every time I brush her hair, every time I talk to her, every time I realize that Rachel will always be a child, that Rachel will never grow up, never have a family, never have a real life. Every time I see her, so beautiful, so helpless. It just makes me want to cry, Steve. I feel so guilty, so helpless, too. And Erica just makes that guilt worse. By by expecting me to do anything to help. (laughs) Um, And that's when she shows Steve the latest Valentine she received. Should I read the Valentine? Obviously. Okay, here we go. Who's sending these cards? Don't bother to wonder. On Valentine's Day, you'll be six feet under. Oh, that was pretty good. good. That is good. I like that one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Steve, again, continues to dismiss all these cards and threats as a sick joke, and they leave the ice rink suddenly because Josie thinks someone is watching them from behind the concession stand. I believe she thinks it's Jankman. Or no, Dave. Well, who knows? Could be anyone. Luke. I don't know. They all hate her. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) um, at home, the kitchen light is left on and it's kind of late. So Josie's curious and she goes to investigate. And that's when she steps in a sticky red puddle. Uh, Her first thought is, who spilled cranberry juice? Which. Come on. Really? Naive. (laughs) But the puddles lead to. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have mentioned she has a dog named Muggy and Muggy loves her. It's probably the only thing that does love her. Right, Josh? Yes. I got that question right earlier. You did. (laughs) That's who Muggy is. So the puddles lead to Muggy, who has been stabbed with a letter opener. Come on. To death. No. (laughs) Okay, RL. That's when I was like, okay, RL's not not fucking around this time. Uh, No, he's not. No. Go off. And that's when Josie realizes she's not alone and that Rachel's behind her. And that's when Rachel says, that's the puppy. So what? <laughs> yep. I, I honestly thought that she was going to pick up uh muggy and start like brushing, <laughs> brushing its hair. Just something really like traumatizing. Just like I yeah. can make him better. 
Yeah. Um, so Melissa is at home and is feeling some sympathy for Josie because she had visited Rachel and Erica earlier. And Rachel seemed kind of preoccupied for Rachel, I guess. I don't know. Um, when she goes back home, she calls Dave, but Dave isn't at home and his mom doesn't know where he is. When she gets in touch with him later, he claims he was out cruising. He says, I've been driving around all night, just driving. I couldn't even tell you where I went. I'm so deranged. <laughs> so, okay. So uh, anyway. on our on our chart of suspects, we're putting uh-huh. uh, blacks out for periods of time, doesn't know what he's doing, and self-identifies as deranged. Deranged. Mm-hmm. He's number one on our list. Um, so... That's when Melissa notices that there are cops across the street at the McLean's at Josie and Erica's house. Um, Later, I guess she doesn't know what happens, but the next day, Erica and Josie are talking, and that's when we find out what happened when the cops came. The cops promised that they would launch a serious investigation into the murder of Muggy. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We're going to work around the clock on this. Cops care more about a dog than... And, and guess who doesn't go ahead and matter. tell the cops in a house where someone has just killed a dog. Hey, yo, by the way, I've been getting these death threat valentines. <laughs> this might be something. This could be connected. Could be related. Brain genius. But here's the funny thing. They advise the McLeans to start locking their doors from now on. Oh, my God. They weren't doing that. They weren't locking. They live on Fear Street and they it's weren't called- even locking their doors. There's been, like, thousands of murders on this street by now. <laughs> right. There's just bodies piled up, and they're not locking their doors. Oh. I, I will say that when I was a little kid, my aunt and uncle, I lived with them briefly. My family did. And they did not lock their doors at night. Oh. That's the only time I've ever lived in a house. And what was weird is, like, it was probably because the door was, like, really old. It was a really old house. And the locks were, like, rusty and weird, and they never replaced the door because it was, like, an old, cool door, you know? And um, and I remember, like, you would wake up in the middle of the night to go get water or something, and you would look over, and the door would be wide open because the wind would just kind of, like, blow it open if it was, like, a really windy night, and it was really creepy. Anyway, so, yeah, a lot of people don't lock their doors, at least in 1993. What so. what I would tell to this family, if I was the officer that came, is, one, lock your door because someone uh, just murdered your dog. But, two, <laughs> at any moment, a portal could open up into the Goosebumps universe, and they could walk into Fear Street. You could get Slappies. You could get uh, uh, Blob Monsters. You could Monster get, Bloods. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want you don't want them just waltzing in the house. Mm-mm, no. Draculas. Eh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Werewolves. Werewolves. Mummies. Uh, They're all pretty standard. Yeah. Well, until the later ones. Then there's like garden gnomes and abominable snowmans <laughs> of Pasadena. Yeah, they get crazy. So um, uh, Josie suspects that it was Jinkman, but Erica knows it wasn't because... She talked to Jinkman, and he didn't send the threatening Valentines. He sent the funny Valentines, which I knew nothing about. Josh, did you know anything about funny Valentines? Uh, They're not mentioned? No. Other than he mentioned that... Is that the first time he talked talked about that? Or did he say it earlier? 
What? He mentioned giving Valentine's before, though, right? Yes, he yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of like you don't hear their conversation. But this is when you're finding out that when Erica talked to him, he claims that he didn't send anything threatening. He sent funny. He sent the ones that said, I'm going to kill you. LOL. <laughs> so that's very different. <laughs> They're very different. Yes. Look, um, I didn't say I was going to kill her. I said I was going to kill her dog. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Erica... Uh, thinks it's Luke and because um, just he's he's been so weird lately. And Josie says, you know, Luke has a temper, but he's a wimp. So there's no way he would send these. Um, no coward could do this. <laughs> yes. So Mrs. McLean asks Josie to brush Rachel's hair because Rachel seems to be very upset about Muggy. And that's as Josie is brushing Rachel's hair. Rachel tells her. Somebody hates you. So, I mean, this can't be breaking news to her. Yeah, it can't be. Yeah. So, uh, after school the next day, Erica and Josie go car shopping. And that's when Josie, um, she asks Erica, Erica to come along with her. And she confesses, it's because I've been so jumpy and sad since Muggy was killed last night. I just wrote that down because it was such a funny line. Ever since last night, I haven't, <laughs> haven't been the same. <laughs> Sorry. Um, when they're at the card store, so they're at Hallmark, uh, Erica sees <laughs> Jankman looking at Valentine's cards and says, hi. Jankman kind of ignores Erica, says hi, but he really wants to talk to Josie. And in the middle of the store, she accuses him of sending the cards and dismisses him and then leaves the store. But before leaving Jankman, Erica looks back at him and thinks that he looked angry enough to kill. <laughs> so... She has this thought about every boy at one point after an interaction. She's like, he had murder in his eyes. <laughs> he, well, he just said he was deranged. No, that was that Dave. Was, yeah. The the wrestler was deranged. Right. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. I'm saying every one of these guys, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's Valentine's Day and Steve and Josie are hanging out. And Josie is talking to Steve and says that Luke came by and gave Rachel a heart and she just sat there and stared at it and seemed troubled. She has gotten another Valentine and this one says roses are black, violets are gray. On Valentine's Day, you'll start to decay. So, Whoa, yeah. these are getting darker. Oof. Yeah. Um, Josie is too scared to go celebrate and Steve keeps trying to convince her to go out. Just then the intercom comes on and Rachel starts speaking into it saying, someone hates you, Josie. Someone really hates you. And that's when Josie gladly leaves with Steve and they go ice skating and she leaves Erica alone with Rachel. That part's funny because the whole time he's like, but I promised the guys we'd be there. And she's like, <laughs> can't we just stay here? Someone is threatening to murder me. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, and he's just like, it's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, when they are leaving, uh, Josie notices that Luke is still sitting in his car parked on Fear Street. So we switch to Erica. She is still up. It's 2 a.m. And she's worried because Josie is not home yet. She calls Steve and he answers. He's half asleep. By the way, these kids just call each other at all hours of the night. And this is like pre-cell phone era. So they're calling like the family line and waking up whole households just <laughs> willy-nilly. Unless they all have private lines. I don't they know. Might. They might. Um, anyway, she calls Steve, and Steve says, uh, Josie should have been home hours ago. Look, we had a fight at the skating rink, but she left with a large group of kids. 
and she should have been home by now. Just then, the doorbell rings, and Erica thinks it's Josie. I guess she might not have keys, since the door was always unlocked before. Who knows? Instead, when she opens the door, the cops are there to greet her, and they are the same cops that came when Muggy died. And their mom comes downstairs. And I want to say that I think that these cops are, I'm going to give them the flowers in the Attic Award for uh, detailed descriptions of a loved one's death. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you Uh, can't beat the flowers in the Attic description, though. (laughs) No, that was like a page long. Body was run over in reverse and then driven forward over it again. And then he went to go try to rescue some other people, and someone ran over him again, and it was he, just awful. His body burned, and then a uh, seagull came over and pooped on him. <laughs> <laughs> and he might have survived all that, but then a snake bit him. Uh, anyway, so the cops, who are super sensitive and uh, to these two women who are concerned, uh, they say, hey, there's no way other... <laughs> There's no other way to say this but to say it. Mrs. McLean, your daughter has been murdered. And they tell Erica, we found your sister in the alley behind the ice rink. We identified her by her wallet. She hadn't been robbed. She was dead when we arrived. She had been stabbed in the back with the blade of an ice skate. The skate was still in her back. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Y'all, y'all are related to the, you're you're the next of kin. You're the mother. You're the sister. That hoe's dead. (laughs) Yeah, she did. Uh, well, I'm glad, though. I mean, I'm glad that the blade of the ice skate, the skate was still in her back because I don't know how these cops, these brain geniuses would have figured out. They'd like, be like some sort of blade. You don't don't leave the murder weapon yeah. behind, though. And just then, Rachel comes downstairs and keeps repeating, somebody hates Josie. So looks like we might have another suspect in our or another member of our anti-Josie club, but... Who, her own sister? Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I would say so, so yeah. Yeah. Um, the next morning, we switch to Melissa. It's Sunday morning, and Doug calls her and says, I'm in terrible trouble. This is the guy who blacks out and is deranged. <laughs> so they go to meet, get breakfast at the corner, and they're talking, and he says he heard about Josie on the news, and... He does confess to sending the threatened Valentine, the threatening Valentine's to Josie, but they were all as a joke. And Melissa asks if Doug killed Josie as a goof. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and there's like a a long pause, and Doug says, "No, I didn't kill her, but I got the idea to send these joke cards to her after I lost my job at the family hardware stores, and I was gonna send her like a threatening Christmas card, but." I didn't get around to it, but Valentine's Day was just perfect for this. And and Valentine's Day is the traditional holiday for threatening to murder women. This is not the first time we've read one of these. Uh, what was that one called? Oh, crap. We read it last year. It's one that um, I think is an R.L. Stein book, but it's not. It's a point horror. It's um, not good, though. No, it's like, not. I would rather read R.L. Stein a thousand times over the, that book. What was it called? It has chocolates on the cover. Be Mine. It's called Be Mine. Yeah, Be Mine. mine. There's also a movie called Valentine with that plot where uh, the guy from Angel is maybe, he's like one of the suspects. I I don't know how to say his last name. David Boritz or whatever. Boreanis. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, dork. Um, (laughs) uh, I I don't watch it. I just know his name. 
Okay. <laughs> That's true. We're not Buffy or Angel fans here. What if I was just an Angel fan, not a Buffy? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I mean, maybe there there could be a group of people who are just Angel Probably. fans and not I'm Buffy fans. I'm just a fan not- of um, of uh, Xander. So I make <laughs> super cuts where I cut out every scene he's not in. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Is Xander the hot blonde one? Because I'm, no, that's I'm Spike. into that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Spike is hot. And I'm... Xander's like Spike. the nerdy... Well, I'm putting quotes on this. Like the nerdy friend. Look, I, there's, there's Willow. There's Cordelia. Uh, there's Buffy. I know who Willow is. There's uh-huh. the, old, the, the old man who teaches her how to the be old a man. slayer. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And there's Angel. Okay, I only made it through like the first like three or four episodes of the first season of Buffy. I didn't like it. And everyone says, oh, you just have to suffer through the first season. It gets good at season two. And I'm like, I'm not going to suffer through 20 hours of TV to get to what might be a good season. Sorry. I watched the first season because my boss at the movie theater told me, you'd like it. There's a vampire (laughs) named Spike and he's punk like you. And... (laughs) uh, so I started watching it, and then my schedule changed, and it, I worked the night it came on, so I stopped watching it. Mm. Oh, yeah. God. These were the days when that mattered. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was also in syndication at some point, because I tried to watch oh, it in it syndication at syndicated. first. It's probably still syndicated. Yeah, it probably is. But I tried to watch it in syndication at first, and I couldn't get into it then, and then someone loaned me like their first season DVD, and I couldn't get into it. And then I tried again, like on Netflix or something, and still couldn't get into it. So, guys, I'm sorry. I'm not a Buffy person. Well, they say the fifth time is, <laughs> okay. is when it sinks in for you. All right. This is how oh, I feel God. about my so-called life, by the way. <gasps> but at least with my so-called life, there's only like 15 episodes. It's not like there's 90 seasons. Yeah, well, I got through about two, and a... I was like, not for me. That's because you're not a 13-year-old girl in the 90s. That's true. I watched it. Well, I was not. But... Uh, so, um, Melissa asks, well, what were you doing, you know, late last night? And he said, I was just home sharpening knives, (laughs) sharpening my ice skating blades. Um, after he visited Melissa on Valentine's day, he just went cruising around until 1am. So he has no alibi and he makes a plan because he's afraid that the cops will find the Valentines and compare handwriting and, you know, connect it to him. And so he decides he has to get the Valentines back. And so his big plan is to sneak into the McLean house during Josie's funeral. So he easily gets into the McLean house because I believe the door is unlocked. Um, when he first goes in, the intercom clicks on and he kind of stands there scared, but no one ever talks through it. So he heads up to Josie's room, looks through the room, can't find the cards, and gets spooked because he hears a car door outside and decides to leave. And then this chapter is kind of weird. It's kind of um, hallucinatory. Uh, It is, you know, he, Dave goes out into the hall. I believe he says he, like, sees red. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh... I don't know. It just it's just there's like a letter opener and the cops are suddenly there and he has no idea what's happening. And that's where it ends. And we cut to February one year later. So we start with Melissa. She is now dating Luke, who is. Yeah, we got some boyfriends shuffling around. and <laughs> Yep. Luke, if you remember, was Rachel's boyfriend. Um, 
Dave is now in a military-style boarding school upstate, even though he was found standing um, over, well, okay, over Erica. Erica was stabbed with a letter opener, <laughs> and he was found stamp- sta- uh, standing over her body. Um, the police investigation couldn't link Dave to Josie's murder, and Erica didn't press charges against Dave because it was too dark and she was attacked from behind so she couldn't prove that he'd actually done it and so he just got shipped off to a military style boarding school instead of going to jail or whatever um so so no we'll we'll get to this later never mind okay well erica's side of the story is that she was at home with rachel because she was in too much of a shock to go to Josie's funeral and she heard noises from the intercom and called the cops and then went to investigate and Dave claims that he stumbled over Erica and picked up the letter opener and was also in shock so you have like two those are their different sides of the story um for what happened um you find out that Luke has stopped visiting Rachel because he decided he has to move on with his life and Melissa gets a valentine. And this valentine says, it is once again, original message crossed out, new message written. And it says, roses are red, violets are blue. On Valentine's Day, you'll be dead too. So, yeah. Not his best. No. Right, yeah. <laughs> the, had better phone dead. Yeah. So. Um, the real passion was for killing Josie. Oh, <laughs> So uh, we switch to Erica, who is brushing Rachel's hair, and she tells Rachel that Luke will not be visiting anymore because he is now dating Melissa. And that's when Rachel says, I hate Melissa. <laughs> so um, Steve calls randomly out of the blue. And if you remember, Steve is Josie's boyfriend. Well, it was before she was before murdered. Before she got a skate stuck in her back. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, that just sounds so like eighty slasher like style horror. Steve death. not as loyal as Luke. He should have still <laughs> been showing up at her grave and trying to brush her hair. Should have dug her up. <laughs> Josie had short hair. I don't know if you knew that. I did. Um Ra- Rachel was someone who liked to have her hair brushed. No, I know, but I'm saying he should have been loyal like Luke was loyal to Rachel. Oh. And showing yeah. up and digging up her bones. Yeah. Well. Luke sucks, okay? Um, So, anyway, Steve randomly calls and asks Erica to the ice skating party on Fear Lake for Valentine's Day. And Erica is very excited, but then she realizes that she can't go. She has to stay home with Rachel, and she gets off the phone, and Rachel has disappeared. The front door is wide open, and she finds Rachel outside, hiding behind a tree. And Rachel asks, did I scare you, Erica? Anyway. Uh, also, just a huge uh, social, social uh, suicide here by by Erica saying no to a senior when she's a sophomore to go to Fear Lake. Come yeah. on, use your brain. No. You're never going to be yeah. cool. Never. Do you and think? By the way, just lock Rachel in a room or something and go. That's what Josie would have done. Right. Like- well, well, Josie had a, a, a had a sister to pawn her off on. Literally every time. <laughs> Like, every time when she was alive in this book, and one of them was supposed to watch her, and it was supposed to be Chelsea, she made up an excuse and left. 
She didn't even care. She was like, I don't care that it's my turn. I'm going to the mall. Bye. Like, she she at least promised she would do it next time, but she said that every time. Yeah. I'm glad she's dead. <laughs> well, we switched back to Melissa, and Melissa got another Valentine, and I believe it's the one I read. Uh, flowers mean funerals. Flowers mean death on Valentine's Day. You'll take your last breath. And she shows it to Luke, and Luke dismisses it as a joke. Can I say something, guys? Just a year ago, a woman that everyone knew was getting these exact same style threats and was found dead. And yet this boyfriend is still dismissing these same threats as a joke. It's just like any slasher series. They never learn. Never. And the parents, I believe she also shows it to her parents and they also think the cards are a joke. Hello. It's like people who still don't believe in Michael Myers after seven films. Look, we hadn't. I, I don't know that the the idea of the copycat killer had been widely uh, widely out there at this point, so the parents could just think it's just kids being kids. But they don't have a definitive killer because Dave was never officially fingered as the killer. Like they couldn't find anything that. Pointed. Yeah, but I think it's one of those things where, much like the the hunt for the, I know it's probably still an open case, but. Uh, Ronald Goldman, Nicole Brown, Nicole Brown. Oh, uh, oh. I, I don't think we're putting much manpower on trying to solve that <laughs> one at this point. I'm still, I'm still looking for the real killer. There. Look, it, I'm still wondering who killed Muggy. So, right, yeah, justice for Muggy. I uh, mean, that's the only body that? that I care about so far in this book. So far, that was just cruel, and and not right. What did OJ post puppy. recently? Something about like he got a vac- vaccine. Oh yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> save a life or something. Uh, so, um, I mean, if OJ Luke, convinced just oh. three people to do that to get vaccinated, yeah. the, right? The, has he now like <laughs> done more yeah. moral good? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Luke after looking at the card, suggests comparing the handwriting in Melissa's Valentine's to the handwriting in Josie's Valentine's. And just then, the phone rings. It's Dave's mom. And Dave tells Melissa, or sorry, Dave's mom tells Melissa that Dave ran away from school. But he had been talking about Melissa a lot lately. Hmm. So they compare the handwriting in the Valentine's because Erica kept them morbidly but kept them and by the way why aren't the hand why aren't the valentines in like an evidence locker somewhere like whatever so uh guess what the handwriting matches it's the same person so uh melissa warns erica about dave's escape and tells her that she has been getting the same threats that josie was and studying later that night erica hears someone in the den and she goes to check and it's luke he came to leave a Valentine for Rachel. I was just going to leave it and scoot. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that what down because of the dumbest, dumbest line in here. <laughs> um, also, a very smart thing to do is to break into a house where, where, and leave a Valentine where uh, there have been, there's been a murder after a series of Valentines were left in the house. Right. Also, two murders if you count Muggy. Oh, no, I wasn't counting Josie because she's not a gamer. Oh. I was just counting oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's okay. So um, anyway, uh, we switch back to Melissa 
and she's in bed and she sees, uh, like, hears noises and sees a figure outside and someone is climbing the tree outside her window and it's Dave. And he just opens her unlocked window and climbs right into her bedroom. He says, I'm just here to jerk off. Now start changing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, and Dave tells Melissa that he came back to clear his name and he thinks he knows who the real killer is. He's had a lot of time to think about it in uh, military school. And Melissa asks him if he's been sending her all these disgusting Valentines. Dave denies that he sent them and he reads them. And then he says he definitely knows who the killer is and climbs back out the window. I know who the killer is. Tell you later. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely know. Bye. Um, so the next day, Melissa is helping out Erica and is watching Rachel after school because Erica has rehearsals for a play and she takes Melissa. What's the play? She takes, what is the play? I can't remember. It's guys and dolls. Guys and dolls. Okay. (laughs) Um, so. Let uh, me ask you questions to see if you read the book. I actually meant to write it down and I forgot. I wrote down Brigadoon though. So I was proud of myself for that, but. Hmm. Anyway, um, she takes uh, Rachel on a walk, and I believe Rachel says things like, I go outside by myself all the time. Things like that. And she says, Um, you can't go outside. And she says, I can and I do. (laughs) (laughs) And um, later, when Erica comes back from play rehearsal, she tells Erica that she saw Dave. Melissa tells Erica that she saw Dave. Then Melissa goes back home and she is studying and she hears sounds outside. She looks out the window and can't see who it is. She only sees long red hair. Oh. So, yeah, weird, right? So Melissa is pretty sure that she saw Rachel and then she hears a car roaring away. And her parents, she meets her parents downstairs and tells her parents that she saw Rachel um, and her parents don't believe her. Her dad has already called the cops because of the prowler type sounds he heard. Um, that's when the cops arrive and they ask Melissa's family, when, when did you find that body that we just saw in the driveway? <laughs> it's a good, <laughs> good opening question. Uh, hi, I'm officer uh, Gunderson. And I'm just wondering, uh, when did you all see that body out there? Yeah. That was bad. You can cut that out. No, I don't. I don't even understand what's happening. Never mind. Yeah, no, it really attention. doesn't make sense. Like the, the, the officers show up and ask, "When did you find that dead body?" And they hadn't found a dead body. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, that that's confusing. I, it I is. don't understand because they called because there was a prowler, and then the cops get there. <laughs> it's a very weird way for him to uh, phrase the question. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not yeah. right. So. We switch back to Erica and Rachel calls on the intercom and demands that Erica come brush her hair. So Erica heads that way and the doorbell rings and it's the cops and they ask to speak. Uh, Mrs. McLean actually is there and answers the door and Erica's heads down there and they ask to speak with her daughter and she's like, well, here's my daughter, Erica. And they're like, "Uh, no, we need to talk to Rachel in connection to the death of Dave Kinley. That's the body, I guess, that was found. Yeah, in the Dave, Dave's dead. Yeah. With all of the answers in his brain of who the real killer is. <laughs> but he just couldn't, so, couldn't, couldn't share that information. No. So the cops go up to Rachel's room, and the whole time, like, 
Mrs. McLean is telling them, no, like, you don't understand. She's a child-like person. Uh, she can't go outside. And the cops go to her room, and the first thing Rachel says is, I go out all the time. So She's just saying normal things, like, I do killings. I love to murder. <laughs> stab, stab, stab. Someone hates you, like, Josie. Just it's probably <laughs> unrelated. Repeating all that. So um, the next day, Melissa's at school, and she opens the locker, and basically... This whole chapter is just the cover of the book that is Josh's favorite thing ever. You're dead. She's got right. some very cool pictures of rock stars who look about 40 in her locker mm-hmm. as well. In her locker, yeah. And then in bright red paint or blood, someone wrote, you're dead. Or cranberry juice. We don't know. We don't know. So um, guess what? It's Valentine's Day again, and there's a bopping party on Fear Lake. Everyone's going ice skating, and Melissa comes along with Luke, her boyfriend, even even though she's not a seasoned skater. But you know who is a really good ice skater, by the way? Erica. Weird, huh? Oh. Hmm. Oh. Anyway. So um, they're at the party, and Luke takes Melissa onto the lake, and she keeps falling, and she has decided to wear her fat dad's coat. By the way, she calls him fat in the book earlier. So, cool. Um, he is a, and, her absent father, by the way. <laughs> this guy is always gone. Wait, her? No, not Melissa's dad. Melissa's dad is at home. Oh, Melissa's dad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is Melissa. And Luke, even though people are like, hey, I think the ice is kind of cracking in that dark part. We probably <laughs> should go back there. Luke is like, hey, I'm going to skate away with you for a private lesson and takes her to the area where the ice keeps cracking. That's um, why you don't go out with seniors because they try to get fresh with you in, in the uh, the cracked portion of the ice. <laughs> so um, this part was kind of weird to me. She keeps falling, right? Melissa does. And yeah. she's with Luke and she tells Luke, you know what? Just go off and skate with everyone else and I will meet you at the uh, refreshment table. And he's like, okay. So he just skates off and leaves this person who can barely skate to an area where the ice is cracking? Like, what the F is wrong with him? Anyway, he skates off and she starts scooting along, I guess, and she falls. And that's when she sees a hooded figure skating towards her with a knife in its hand. And the hood falls back and red hair flies out. I know, right? And this figure tries to stab Melissa, but the knife plunges into the thick, bulky coat of the f- f- of Melissa's chubby dad, big dad. I don't know. Um, but because it is such a big, bulky coat, that she doesn't get stabbed. That's one serious coat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Melissa grabs it's the. It's made out of my the- pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Melissa grabs the attacker and the hood flies off. It's Erica? What? Weird. Huh? All right. The I nice one? That. <laughs> and that's when Erica tells her, look, do you know how many lives are ruined the day of Rachel's accident, Melissa? Do you know how many? Two. Rachel's and mine ruined forever. True. You and Josie were just fine, weren't you? You were just fine. So. Swapping boyfriends, uh, just just hanging out. Yep. Wait, wait, did they all have red hair? No, just Rachel. No. 
Wait, we'll get to. I'll get to oh, it. Oh boy. So that's when Erica confesses to all her crimes. She said that the Valentines from Dave that he sent to Erica gave. Her, I'm sorry, the Valentines that Dave sent to Josie gave Erica the idea to actually kill Josie and. Basically, because those cards were written by Dave, she would have like a cover, like a... A scapegoat. Yes, exactly. Um, and that the day that Dave came to steal the cards out of Josie's room, that she actually stabbed herself with the letter opener. And then she kept those Valentines and used them to copy the handwriting for Melissa's cards. Melissa asks her about the wig, and she says... Look, this is Rachel's revenge, too. I wanted Rachel to be here. In some way, she's here with me getting her revenge on you. That's when the ice just cracks completely and both girls fall into the water. Luke is there and he pulls Melissa out, but Erica drowns. And her last words were, I did it all for you, Rachel. (laughs) And... Erica, um, I'm sorry, Melissa asks why Erica didn't seem to want to get rescued. And Luke suggests that Erica didn't want to come back up. And that's when all the Fear Street students just kind of sit there and stare at the ice where Erica's body is trapped under and just kind of floating there dead and staring up at them. I mean, these Fear Street students have seen so much death (laughs) that this is not going to phase them. I mean, no, no. they they had this big skate party the night after one of their presumably friends and uh, schoolmates at Fear High uh, uh, was murdered in a uh, uh, in left in a driveway a year after one of their other friends, who they'd all hooked up with, uh, was murdered, and they were still <laughs> like not missing out on the ice skating party on Fear Lake. Never, and so Melissa and Luke. Continue to visit Rachel, and the book ends with Melissa suggesting that they skip Valentine's Day next year and just send Groundhog's Day cards instead, and Luke says, what a romantic idea. And that's the end. There's no such thing as a Groundhog's Day card. Well, let's invent it. Gotcha there. Well, you know, I'm surprised there's not, because... There probably is. (laughs) Yeah, there probably are at this point. I mean, mean, we need some... We need some... uh, a month let's put it in january of all hallmark movies leading up to val uh, not uh, to groundhog day just a bunch of groundhog day based hallmark <laughs> content movies. yeah 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 the 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 30 days of groundhog's day or whatever it is so so why don't you why do you think that erica didn't uh claim that dave stabbed her is it that she didn't want them to investigate it yeah, my thought is she didn't want them to investigate it too thoroughly. And also, she wanted to hide those cards. So, But my thing is, why kill Melissa? Like, Melissa actually kind of helped her. Right? Look yeah. After... Her, her motive against Melissa isn't that clear. No, and she even always said that Melissa was always nicer to her. Like, in the very beginning of the book, she was like, Melissa was nicer to me than, like, my own sisters. Right. And tried to incorporate her in like conversations and include her and asked her questions and stuff like that. So I don't understand why kill Melissa too, other than this is a super chiller. And so RL needs to needed to deliver more content. Body I mean, I Maybe. guess, I guess it, the revenge for um, stealing Luke from Rachel, you know, Maybe. because or she said I this guess... is for Rachel. 
Like True. So she could view her as a negative. But, but really, in- honestly, it's all those girls' faults. Not Erica. But number one, the girls had pretended they were horse experts. So Chuck... The stable boy was like, I'm helping these other people since you guys are experts and can put on your own saddles. You don't need me. And they're like, oh, no, we don't. So they, you know, tried to saddle the horses themselves. Right. Josie was the one who put the saddle on. Melissa checked the buckle. Rachel got on. Rachel didn't wear a damn helmet. Like there's no one to blame. But that that circle, that group of girls and probably Chuck, the stable boy, who should have been doing his fucking job. But yeah, the the pony pals never would have done any of this. The, <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's why they got up to book like one hundred and fifty or whatever. I don't know how many there are, but and these these ladies got one book because they all die. Yeah, yeah. I just don't understand the killing Melissa thing. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me because I feel like she's not to blame at all. For they are all equally culpable in Rachel's accident, but also. As far as her dating Luke, as you pointed out, there are like four boys in this high school, and one of them is at military school now. So who is Melissa supposed to date? Yeah. I'm so glad that didn't take three hours to do. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, we can stretch it out if you want. No, no. God, that wasn't an invitation to do that. <laughs> I don't really have uh, a lot of thoughts about this. It was kind of straight up. I'm a little disappointed that there were really no fits, uh, no pop culture references, really you know, there wasn't like, you know, like Ginny and, and Babysitter would be like reading Seventeen or Sassy and I'd get like nice, fuzzy, nostalgic feelings for those days and didn't have that here. Um, this book has a 3.76 average rating on Goodreads. I gave it a three. I was being generous. It's probably a 2.5. Yeah. Not my favorite RL book, but not the worst. So... Anyway, so two and a half hooves is yeah, what you're saying. Two and a half hooves, Josh. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> two, two and a half. <laughs> yeah, it um, it read fast enough. I'm sure there's worse R.L. Stein. I mean, I mean, I, I guess I have to give an extra of just for not being V.C. Andrews for to every book. So, yeah. so you're giving it three? No, two and a half. <laughs> I'll give an extra okay, half okay. <laughs> for not being V.C. Although there are parallels to my sweet Audrina. I mean, I'll take your word for it. That's true. You wouldn't know, would you? I would not. Josh and I watched that very good movie. (laughs) I watched it on one point five speed. I want (laughs) to. Oh, want to point that out again? Never. I take it back. Yeah, you know, I've worked with people who say listen. They listen to podcasts on like one point five speed, and I'm like, how? If anybody's listened to our podcast on one point five, I do one point two five, baby. One point two. What? He said he listens to it on 1.25. Well, I don't even listen to it. So. Wait, you don't listen to well, our podcasts? I edit it. I don't have to listen to it. Actually, I've heard Blake listen to our podcast before. You know, I'm just checking my editing. <laughs> I <laughs> walked it, in and Blake, sure is, okay. Blake is listening and I'm like, oh. Well, but anyway, yeah. only listen to us on regular speed. That's, uh, I, I demand it. Josh is still going to continue listening to it on 1.25 and that's fine. But I feel like I talk really fast anyway. So if you're listening on 1.25 speed, then. She sound like she on crank. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that we can just go on and introduce our next book, Josh. Oh, shit. Hold on. Got to pull it up. 
This book is called... Oh, I don't have the picture. It's in your Instagram. That's what I'm checking. Oh, here it is. Okay, sorry. Good Rockin' Tonight. <laughs> such oh, a, boy, such a, a great title. Yeah. Can you read us a little bit from the back and let us know what it's about? I cannot because of the way that you took this picture. <laughs> no! You, you, you said it diagonally and it's cut off. No, okay. Actually, I will read what, what I have here. Year old Presley Bennett knew that much <laughs> or did. <laughs> Can you it was like, exciting to sneak the off the bad part it... of town guitar lessons from Buzz, Buzz Sod McManus, lead guitarist, the Killer Ants. It was even more exciting when she met a tall, dark-haired Dream who liked to rock as hard, did. When he invited Presley to play with his band, it discovered a dark side of Mike that pushed her to do and things that felt all wrong. Deep down inside, Presley is torn between being a rebel and being herself. What's the good of rocking if it doesn't feel right? Good rocking tonight. That's right. We'll be uh, edgy. Yeah, we'll be reading "Good Rockin' Tonight" by Francis Lynn Lance, and we will have a special guest. It will be Josh from More of That Presents Discographology. It's going to be Buzz Saw McManus. It's going to be a special guest. That's right. Another person named Josh will be on. He's from my band, and I guess he's going to be on because he rocks. Well, we need we need some more music. We input. need musicians on mm-hmm. on the case here. Yeah, yeah, we do. So, and cross promo, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so Ox Network, baby. Also, Josh is really uh, nice and funny and cool, and I like him. Josh so. is good. Yeah, uh, and so. uh, you should listen to Discographology. They are doing Good Charlotte next. They're going to go <laughs> through the entire discography of Good Correct. Charlotte. If you wanted a three-hour uh, review of uh, what was their f- first record, Young called? and Life's- Young and Hopeless, it's- Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. That was a single, that's- but that's not the name of the album. Uh, All Killer, No Filler. <laughs> was that some forty-one? Good yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, I think it was. I, I think anyway. they had a, an album before they broke through. They had like a self-titled one. That sound- yeah, that sounds about right. It sounds right. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, no, Good Charlotte came out in 2000, and then young, The Young and the Hopeless came out in 2002. That was the hit. Nice. How many have they had since then? Wait, I'm, I'm just kidding. I want to get to the one. I think I've actually talked about this on here before, but I want to say the name of it again. Then they came out with The Chronicles of Life and Death, because they're getting really serious. <laughs> now they're big. Oh my then they God. came out what? with Cardiology. Okay. And then in 2016, this is the one I love, they came out with one called Youth Authority. <laughs> wow. And then in 2018, uh, they came out with Generation RX. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. This It's an homage to uh, no, F, no FX's Pump Up the Volume. The volume. <laughs> volume, yeah. Pretty good. Oh, yeah. man, this band is so shitty. It's so funny that they became, they, they were like, they all married like Hollywood starlets and that they yeah. were just and they're still married to them. Uh, that yeah. one's not with Hillary Duff anymore. No, Blake. One of them married Cameron Diaz, Cameron and the Diaz. other one married Nicole Richie. Oh, yeah. good lord! And they're still married. Those girls, you can do better, ladies. Like, I'm sorry, you can do better than Joel and Benji Madden. 
for I don't real. Know that Nicole Richie can. Rolling Stone gave their big hit two stars, and the follow-up two stars. <laughs> nice. Hmm. I want to see what they give to Youth Authority. Okay. <laughs> I bet they didn't review it. Why are they still doing records? That's funny. Yeah, why do they even need money at this point? I guess the art, you know, you gotta you gotta do what the art Rolling Stone go. Australia is the only one that reviewed it and they gave it three and a half out of four stars. <laughs> what Whoa, a little generous there, Australia. Wow, Australia. Huh. Interesting. All right. Anyway. Yeah, well, okay. Rate, review, subscribe, and smash that. <laughs> rate, like. review, subscribe. Good Charlotte's album, Youth Authority. You can <laughs> give it five get, stars. Get in folks. and give it uh, 10 stars on Metacritic. That's right. Uh, yeah. So uh, don't forget, uh, you know, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Uh, rate us, review us. We love it. I'm also going to put a request for art out. I want uh, some good art for our podcast, and we will pay you. So if you're an artist, or if you have a friend who's an artist, or if you can recommend an artist to us, let us know. You can just jump in our DMs. I am inviting you. Or uh, email us at areyoutherepodcast at gmail.com. We do have a Patreon. Yeah. So we're on the Ox Network of Podcasts. If you want to support all of our podcasts at once, um, you know it's getting more expensive to host all these dang podcasts. Go to patreon.com backslash A-U-X-A-U-D-I-O where you can show your support and get some bonus content, um, including uh, the uh, Are You There Pod, the songs Mm -hmm. EP. Mm -hmm. So some of you... Uh, out there have been asking about the theme song, saying you like it, you want to know where you can download it, stream it. Uh, There's a high-resolution MP3 on our Patreon, the only place to get the the full, (laughs) never-before-heard version of the song. It's called Paperback Crush. Shout-out to Gabby Moss's book. Mm -hmm. Go to Patreon, Ox Audio. That's right. Uh, also, Josh and I will probably do one off one off episodes today. I thought you know it would be fun watching Fear and talking about it with Josh. Josh, how do you feel about that? Why why that? I don't know. I was just thinking of whenever Reese Witherspoon was in Fear and uh, Mark. Oh, I'm doing Martin. a thing from Fear. Huh? Huh? He's I, we can't see you. He's pumping his chest like Mark. I'm Robert punching my Fear. chest. Mm-hmm. Because Mark yeah, Wahlberg you're... fakes that the dad beat him by beating himself uh-huh. and bruising nice. himself. Wait. Nice. Who plays the father in that movie? Is it? Uh, just some character actor. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was J.K. Simmons, and I don't know oh, why. No, it's but boy. no, it wouldn't be. No. There's that'd, no that'd way. Good. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So maybe we'll do some one-off episodes You're thinking there. of Burn After Reading. Oh. Uh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Or Juno. Whatever. Uh, so... That's all I got. Does anyone have any recommendations or anything out there? Nope. No, nobody cares what we recommend. Uh, I recommend. I, I blanked. I was going to say something about Earl Stein. Oh, his master class. That's what I couldn't think of. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you you too can write this complex write. of characters, this intriguing of mysteries <laughs> uh, that totally yeah. hold up if you think about any of it for ten seconds. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll see either, so I what? guess we'll just leave you with, uh... What? 
until next time. See you later, horse girls. Thank you.